Hey there! Did you know Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower-than-low prices? And when you download the Kroger app, you'll enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. And don't forget fuel points to help you save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. Want to save even more? With a Boost membership, you'll get double fuel points and free delivery. So shop and save big at Kroger today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, man. What a day. A day that is so tiresome that you just can't wait for it to become night. And the truth is, it is night right now. And while I'm on the subject, I am totally just happy to do another episode. And before we get into it, if you do like the show and you want to drop some voicemails or some answering of any kind or, you know, just totally bug me, you can go ahead and check it out on the J360 Radio Hotline, 240-903-1634. Yes, I remember the hotline number this time. But before I get carried away into something else, let's go ahead and take it from the top. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on J360 Radio. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you heard the theme song or not. Matter of fact, there's probably a ghost in the machine going on right now because it's just one of them kind of moments. But, welcome to the J-Man Show for episode 72. I'm your host, Jay, of course. And it's good to be back for another week. Mm-mm-mm. I managed to have a whole lot of things go on in this one week. And it's only Wednesday, right? So it's like... Of course it's Wednesday, it's the show, right? So at the same time, <laughs> it's just been a lot of things. I mean, well, with education and, you know, the day job and day by day, just a lot of strange things have happened. But I'm glad that we are finally on that cusp from where September becomes October. We won't have to worry about this month anymore because now it's all about fall, food, fun, football, and of course, gutting a few pumpkins here and there just to make a point. But... I have something special for you all, because as I was rummaging through my notes as I created this show and the Cyclone and all sorts of other things in J360 Productions, I realized I had a festival of events for you all. And this time, we're going to take it from the top. Matter of fact, I had an idea one time. It was like a J360 wide event. Not just this show, but it included every single one of them. And it was called the J360 Monster Fest. So, just to get back in the swing of things, let's say that I can go ahead and do that idea now, but on a smaller scale, like for the J-Man show, you know what I'm saying? And the truth is, it could work for you all. It's something that I always wanted to do, and it's something new for those of you that are looking for that. So, what we're going to do is, we're going to talk about all sorts of wild stuff from folklore, horror, and everything else that exists in our culture. From the start of this week... Till the first week of November, huh? And that sounds like a pretty big plan. And in the middle of it, I can also redeem some horror films. And I can also talk with those of you on that level about certain monsters that exist in real life as well as fictional. Certain urban legends that you wonder if they're plausible or not. Because they do shape our culture, no matter what you think of it. Because every place has a story. Even in my home state of Delaware, 
we got a lot of wild stuff going on. I just realized that the road that's, I'm not, I don't live on that road anymore, but the road that I used to live on was actually haunted. Mm-hmm. It has like this, this whole scenario, like if you're on the other side, like where the state like crosses over onto the border where Maryland is, it's not even paved road anymore. It's like dusty desert road kind of stuff. And needless to say, you can see where the tax dollars have ran out. And not only that, but there are moments where you hear like creepy stuff going on. Things happen to your car. And then there's a chance, uh, according to the urban legend, that you'll run into a dog that allegedly is a huge dog with red eyes that'll chase after your car. And the thing about it is, is that, see, I've never seen this dog, but I used to ride that route every single day when I had my original day job. You know, I used to be a delivery guy of sorts. But the thing about it is, is that there was some wild stuff that happened on that road. And, you know, we can talk about the Mothman. We can talk about the Jersey Devil. We can talk about all sorts of wild stuff from here on out. And it'll be fun and invigorating for a lot of you all. Because, I mean, where would we be without certain messages like that? I mean, if we were in Massachusetts right now, I would happily talk with you all about the Salem witch hunts. Because, you know, we're in that scenario now where, you know, it doesn't take long for mob mentality to override structure and order in order to go ahead and create chaos around us. You see... When it comes to things of monsters and myths and legends and stuff like that, they're not too far from the truth. Because there are times where, you know, we, we as a people, on the alternative side, can be just as dangerous as anything else. We can all be an alternative monster of sorts. And the truth is, we got a lot of people out there that sit from time to time and they're like, Oh, that can't be that way. I'm a nice, decent person. I'm this and yada yada. See, the thing about it is you might be right now. Consciously, you might be. But subconsciously and unconsciously, you could be viable or close to being a monster. Because we all have that percentage of doing good things and evil things. And then there are times where we just trip the wire. Like anything can happen to us. Like they say that life is what? 90% of what happens to you. Or no, no, no. It's 10% of what happens to you and how you react to it. Is that what it is? Usually how the saying goes? Well, there are times where things are just really unreasonable in real life. And sometimes you don't know how to handle it. And rationality just flies out the window. Like, a good example of this would be from a Twilight Zone episode called The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Now, you're thinking that by hearing that that monsters are coming to Maple Street and they're going to go ahead and wreck the town and paint it red or demolish it or whatever... Far from the truth. Close, but far from the truth. It's a well-known episode about how far we go when we lose certain things. You see, the monsters that caused a lot of trouble were the mob mentality type. Because whereas one area of the town would have electricity, the other area wouldn't. Whereas another area had strange happenings going on, another wouldn't. And then the vices of the people that lived there, they started going crazy because they didn't have an explanation for things. And they wanted to go ahead and just trample over anybody they could just to see who is causing what. And the thing about mob mentality is a lot of us are just as guilty at that point as the ones that were trying to crucifix from time to time. Like right now with all that stuff going on in Washington, D.C. Now I know some of y'all will be like, oh, you're trying to segue this into a Trump thing, right? <clears throat> well, to a point. 
to the point on that it is happening in front of us right now. All these accusations coming up out of nowhere. Um, the man that is proposed to be the next Supreme Court justice, he has three of them right now. I, I didn't expect him to get three. I would expect at least one because politics is dirty. But that's three right now. I can only see the number getting bigger from time to time. And I wonder whether or not is if it's a reasonable thing or if it's not a reasonable thing from here to there. And I mean reasonable in terms of like, you know, people that have actually been victimized by this man. Because there are times where the number just increases for a lot of things because people are petty and they want to go ahead and abuse the system from time to time. And see, that's a monstrous thing to do because everybody has an agenda and some people like to extort. But then you have other people who seriously come out and they speak that they've been violated and that this is their time to confront that monster in their life because they just couldn't handle it. Like sometimes they've been buried. Sometimes they've been silence because they'll say oh if you do this you'll never work in this town again i'll call numbers i'll make sure that you're discredited before i'm discredited because that person has you know riches and powers and influence of other things whereas the other person that's the victim per se probably doesn't but the victim if they really want to put a stop to this person they will find a way to do something about it and then by doing so you see that's where like the mirror image is there on one side of it is that person is a monster to the other person that is considered a victim. And then when it becomes plausible that that person has an actual case, the one with the most power will go ahead and try to do what they can to silence that person, but in doing so, might destroy what makes them credible, so when they go away from time to time, probably ruin their lives. There's been many horror stories based on that principle, too. And you see, sometimes we create our own horror stories because... We all go through these similar scenarios from time to time. Like, there are times where things are unjust. Sometimes things happen to us. Like, if we can't afford to pay a certain bill, like, things have been repossessed and we feel indignant about it. So we're going to make our stand against this sort of thing. Or there's been times where we've been dejected and cockoid in terms of love affairs and whatnot. You know, we are trying to court somebody, but it turns out that that person was married and then all of a sudden you're just red with venom and you're just going to go ahead and try to destroy that person's life. So you think that uh, it'll never happen again. But in doing so, you become more of a villain because you don't know when to stop. Little things such as horror stories and mythic monsters and urban legends are built around this principle. Like some of the things that we go through on the daily, like through our sins, through moments where we should atone, through moments where we should treat people with respect, and we don't treat people with respect, and in an ergo, we create our own demons, and we create our own sort of arch nemesis and stuff like that. Like, and, and it seeps into things that shape our culture, because it's real true to the fact. Sometimes the worst enemy you got is yourself, too. Not just through other people, but through yourself. Because there are times that you might hate yourself one day to the point where it's like, I think I'm going to end it all. And you would think that people could try to help you. But you see, the thing about it is, is that if you're too far gone and they can't get to you in time, you know, then the, the whole thing takes its course. Like you committed suicide and stuff like that. Or you go ahead and you try to hurt somebody else because you think life owes you something. Or you're jealous of this person over here. Like, all that stuff runs through deep, and it's in the stories that we read from time to time. Like, you ask the question, like, how far, how far do you go to be inhumane from time to time? Like, if you know you're doing something that is morally wrong, you know what I mean? 
Like if you're going ahead and you're cutting corners on something where somebody else is working really hard or you make somebody go ahead and do an arduous task for you because you just don't want to do it. You see what I'm saying? And that person starts to get indignant, starts to think, why am I always the go-to person? Why am I always the person that's dealing with this kind of stuff? And then at the same time, knowing that they have nothing to lose because they're not getting a raise for a certain job or whatever, they're going to come back and they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, oh, it's war now. See what I'm saying? And the thing about it is, it's like, some of y'all are saying, Jay, you're talking revenge. Well, yeah, a lot of great stories are based off of revenge. And then a lot of stories are based off of just wanting to be loved and being dejected. So you see, like, the vengeful moments that come from that. A good example would be the original Frankenstein story. Because, you know, all that monster wanted to be was loved. But he was dejected by a man with a god complex who just didn't love him because of the deformities and the way he was. He wasn't perfect to his original scheme. And since he wasn't perfect to his original scheme, rejected the man. The man wandered there. He was very intelligent. And he was just trying to make his way through the world. But his master that he cared and loved for so much forsaken him. And at the end, you know, there was a moment where they tried to create a bride for the monster. But she fell apart too. And in doing so, you know, it was a cluster of things. And not to mention that when the mad doctor tried to say, oh, you know, I can go ahead and destroy him. These hands create him. These hands can destroy him. And ended up destroying himself, but the monster wanted to die with his creator. And he still did. They died in an embrace. It's a very beautiful love story in a way. And then, of course, you know, sometimes we're cursed to do certain things. Because, you see, we love ghost stories over here and over there, too, and other parts of the world. A lot of people love ghost stories. Like, the Festival of the Dead in Mexico, you know, believe it or not, you would take your elder and sit him there at the table with you. And you would go ahead and enjoy and embrace the death. Like over there in Egypt. Enjoy and embrace the death. And not only that, we would put all of the royal possessions, live or living, or pets or whatever, in the same tomb as the pharaoh that died. You know, like I said, death is something to be appreciated. Only if you lived it right. And not only that, you also have to pay for your tidings to go to like your eternal rest. But if you didn't make it in time, you're going to be wandering around in limbo. And you see, a lot of the limbo is, is unfinished business. Like, say, like, if you unjustly uh, sent somebody in to fulfill an arduous task again, and that person gets killed off, you know, chances are, but it had a lot of unfinished business, a lot of things to take care of, and they'll never know peace because of the circumstances that befell them, and you were the last person to see that person alive, or if you're the one that caused that death, chances are things are not going right for you. So you think you're being cursed in some way and you kind of are. Because that person will not rest until they got all of their tidings and their vengeance on your ass done. And I just find that to be a very beautiful way of doing things. Because it just goes to show that, you know, you might think you're a good person. But the actions that you do have a cost to them. And chances are, if you're not willing to pay in full... They're going to find a way to gouge it out of you. Especially the undead. Like, we all talk about, like, the undead, like, they're villains in certain movies. And I guess because, from time to time, they're not exactly easy on the eyes. And we're not comfortable with things that are different to our perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can look at Guasimodo and say the same thing. And Guasimodo never asked to be deformed. It just happened to him, right? So... You know, and all he wanted to be was loved in the end. And then eventually he did get it, but it cost him something. It cost him losing that crazy 
caretaker of his life, you know, Frollo, because Frollo was a sinful man. He just couldn't handle it. But the thing about it is, is that when he got, you know, and he tried to go ahead and sacrifice Esmeralda simply because he had a stiffy, <laughs> he went back, Guasimodo said, no, nah, I'm saving this woman. And he went down there and got her, brought her in the church, said sanctuary. But unfortunately, it couldn't hold out because, you know, the smoke did get into Esmeralda and she was going to die anyway. And, you know, after the final confrontation between Frollo and Guasimodo, Guasimodo just held her and they died in an embrace. It's a, it's beautiful. Like, if you can look at different horror stories from certain scenarios, you can see that some of them are inverse love stories. Like, some monsters are not asking to be monsters. Some monsters are made because fate made them that way or because certain people have dejected them for various flaws that they can't even atone for in themselves. Like, I mean, even the most beautiful face of the most beautiful person you can think of that you might think you have a shot with could be the most corrupt, psychotic thing walking on two legs simply because, you know, they think their S don't stink. Yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, you know, I've kind of changed since I did the last 40 episodes of this <laughs> of this series. Though, as I'm clean, I'm still filthy. But the truth is, is that, you know, it, it don't take much. Like, when you have vices, I mean, we all do. Some more glaring than others, but we all have a vice. And we all have things where if we don't check them from time to time and see how we're treating people, including our own offspring and whatnot... From time to time, you can just see, like, where revenge and, and and just trying to topple things and trying to break the status quo and trying to go ahead and destroy and renege against authority. Or, no, not renege. Um, there's another word to that. You know, rage against authority comes from. You see, it comes from human nature. It comes from the vices that are in us. It comes from the negative qualities that outweigh the positive qualities. If you know you haven't done right by this person... There are ways that revenge comes to you. And I'm sure you'll probably say, well, that'll never happen to me, yada, 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 yada. Every scenario is different. It could be because somebody got paid more than you did, or, you know, somebody has the corner office that you know you're qualified for, but at the same time they didn't give you a look or a passing eye and stuff like that. There is sometimes little to no reason for the indignation that causes people to become monstrous in their attitudes. It's just... A damn shame that it happens to anybody anyway. And going back to Trump, you see, the way you look at Trump is, is this. I'm glad some of you do go after the news media from time to time because, in a way, the news media built that monster. You see what I'm saying? All that stuff out of the woodwork, like the way he was just always going on about this with Obama and all this other crap, they could have ignored it. They could have said, you know what, that's just him and his senile old ways. Just don't even worry about it. It's not news. But the problem is, is that, you know, when he went for all these things, people loved it. And the point is, is that average American people, they're tired of the rhetoric. They're tired of all this stuff. So they want somebody who can speak out, speak their mind and do all these things of imaginative folklore and whatnot. Right. So when you have somebody like that, you don't ask questions of how they're going to get the job done, because this is what you always wanted to hear. And since you've gotten it. And now it's in there. And then you realize the monster isn't going to work for you anymore. The monster isn't going to do anything for you. You start making Ovaltine in your pants, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start getting a little scared, don't you? And a lot of people are scared right now. 
quite a lot of people that are not rational or just thinking things through are not even critically looking at this stuff because they're so sucked into the hustle and bustle of things and they're always trying to do instant gratification or just speed through life without even thinking about stuff. You see, they do this to themselves. They'll doom themselves and then they'll try to doom me or you because they can't go alone. You see what I'm saying? And it's really screwed up the way it is because now that you got this man in office, any sort of machination that he does, you're going to have to take some sort of responsibility for because you fed into that monster. You see? And it's the same thing that happened on the monsters that are due on Maple Street because those people were always suspicious and jealous and vengeful to one another. They ended up attacking and destroying their whole damn neighborhood. And little did they realize that it was a machination caused by aliens that looked to say, you see, we don't even have to utilize our weaponry to destroy these people. If you take away things that they value or take for granted, most of all, they'll destroy themselves. And it's out there all the time. I mean, you've seen it with a lot of the demonstrations that walked around, the protesting here and there. Or whether, you know, Michael Moore released another movie, which he did do. But then you look at, like, all these scenarios that play out, right? And it's just like, here we go again. It doesn't take much. But then you got to have rationale. And you got to try to say, all right, I'm going to tone for this. I'm going to try to reason with this person. Now, I'm sure some of y'all will probably be like, well, Jay, what if you can't reason with the monster? Do what you can to defend yourself. That's what I got to say. Do what you can to defend yourself. But realize this, though. Say you conquered that monster. But how strong is your emotional toll, right? How strong is your mentality at that point? Because I know a lot of y'all say, well, I confront my greatest fear, so, so I'm able to be successful now. Yeah, you conquered that. But then there's something else that you're probably afraid of, too. You're probably afraid somebody else is going to come after you now, because while you have taken down this monster, you never know, certain people have family and friends. And when they have family and friends that are dear to them and they go down, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have to face that next challenge. You're going to have to fight monsters where at the same time hoping that your monster, who you are, doesn't take too much of a hold of you. And you see, the thing about it is, it's so true to the fact, oh yeah, you're facing this kind of thing down, but what sort of person are you becoming at this rate? You see, from time to time. And then when you look at, like, people like Trump, or you look at, like, people like um, Mike Pence, you look, look down the line of certain people that you conceive to be scumbags. Are you not a mirror image of them when you face them down from time to time? Are you not somebody who is, while alternate to them, kind of pushing for an agenda that's near or close to them from time to time? See, as much as I like to run my own business and be successful, and I am running my own business, and I'm working on that success every day, I kind of have to look and see like what I don't want to be from time to time. Because as I talk about how real-life monsters are, and I'm not talking about the ones that are just stabby, I'm talking about the ones that are out here to just silence any sort of competition, criticism, or anything. And there's quite a lot of people out here, because nowadays it's all about the feelings, but it's not about... The the emotional, it's not all about, like, what I should say, the critical thinking behind it. It's not all about, you know what, I'm not worried about the competition because the worst competition I have is myself. 
but at the same time, I don't want people to be bigger than me. You see what I'm saying? And I'm hoping I'm making sense here on these issues, but the truth is, is that all this stuff is egocentric at best, and it responds to our vices. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, we all want stuff done. We all want absolute freedom. We all want, you know, the cost of living to benefit us. And we all want to be able to pay that cost from time to time. But you see, the thing is, you got to think about the structural value of that cost and if you can keep that going for long term. And if you're able to move on if it doesn't work out or if you're able to go ahead and adapt and do something new for yourself while at the same time bearing no ill will to any of these other people out here. Because if you can do all that stuff, then, you know, you're reasonably sound and assertive. But a lot of us, whereas we're good in one way, we're completely horrible in another way. And that's where a lot of our horror and stuff like that comes from. And then you got some people who are just victim of circumstances where, you know, life just doesn't work out for them like you would hope it does. And I mean, there was some somebody who got killed in Cypress Hill or something like that. Like, see, we got a lot of stuff around here in Delaware. Like, we got Old Maggie's Bridge. We got the Great Cypress Swamp down there in Selbyville. We have um, Haunted Route 12 that I just told y'all about not too long ago. Um, we, and then of course, there's also the Green, where a lot of our law offices are and a lot of uh, gang territory. But we won't get into that part. But. There's a lot of creepy stuff that's around here in Delaware. And as I do the Monster Fest here from there, I'll go ahead and drop a line and let you all know about it. But you see, the thing is, like, some of those people are victim of circumstances that the story surrounds. Some of the spirits that occur. Some of the things that just happen. There's actually um, a fire station in Christiana, Delaware, that actually is haunted. Has two ghosts in there. The one ghost that is a protector of the firehouse and the other ghost that's just a vengeful bastard that's trying to blow, like, burn it up or some, some crap. And they said, like, you can feel the struggle when you walk in there. So chances are I might visit some of these places. Boy, I remember when I started doing filmmaking, so I didn't care. I just had my camera and I just went to all, a lot of these spots. But, you know, some of the spots that I've just mentioned to you, I never went to. But Route 12 has some weird stuff with it. But, you see, the thing is, is that as I speak about this, it's human nature and the evils of human nature that give us the ability to talk about certain things. Like, you know, at best, Dracula is a love story. Lustful love story, but it's a love story nonetheless. He loved Mina. And, you know, he wanted to have her to himself, unaware that, you know, she was kind of betrothed to somebody else. You know, Harker, but still... It's kind of fun to think about what would happen if, you know, he and Mina got together in the end. And in a way, she did kind of love him back, you know. Like, I look at vampire movies like that from time to time. Like, Vampire in Brooklyn, to be honest with you. Now, I can hear some of y'all groaning and say, Eddie Murphy hasn't made a good movie uh, uh, in a long time. Matter of fact, uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3 ruined his career. Which is debatable, but at the same time, because I actually kind of admire Beverly Hills Cop 3, but I'll explain that in another episode sometimes, but going back to Vampire in Brooklyn, it was a nice piece that him and Wes Craven were trying to make, and it was good, it was good for like the first half of it, and then like that that last act was crazy, because if anything else, Max should have won out and got Angela Bassett in the end, you know what I'm saying, he should have got her in the end, like that that, that could have been something new, and it could have been something woefully unexpected. 
And it's just that some people will sit there from time to time and say, well, you know, it's good to have good tribe over evil. Which is redundant, but which I gotta say is, it's like, no, you're kind of missing the point there, because good doesn't always win. There's moments where evil is, evil is beaten, but evil never rests. So you kind of want that stuff to be opened up for the next level or the next chapter, or, you know, just say like, you know, in the end, world domination has happened. Vampires are running amok now. All sorts of things, because I wanted to see that love story work out. Now, before I get into it, I also want to let you all know that the Twilight films are not going to have inclination in any part of this, so don't ask and don't leave voicemails on it. Because I know as well as you do that those are not love stories at best, and at worst, they're fanfics that shouldn't have been as huge as they are. We're going to talk about the real horror from time to time. And we're going to talk about things that are very, very, very entertaining indeed. Like, you know, when you look at um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, all he wanted to be was love to a point, And they did not care for him at all, right? The poor guild man. And then, of course, you have... Nah, House on Haunted Hill wasn't a love story, but... There was something there, but it, it wasn't a love story. Good Vincent Price film, though. But it wasn't a love story. Um... You also have, like, like I mentioned The Hunchback of Notre Dame, but also another good look at, like, the mirror images and the masks we wear from time to time is the classic Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story. And you all know about that because one of your favorite heroes is based off of that, the Incredible Hulk, the monster with us. Like, he is a monster if you think about it. And, of course, you're all going to bring up Thanos and say, well, I think Thanos is a real monster now, Jay. That's not important right now. What I'm saying is, if you think about the crux of the character and why he exists, Hulk's not really a superhero any more than he's a force of nature that's just trying to exist around us. And then deep down on the inside, all he really wants is acceptance and love at that point because he never got it. Like, if you think about it, Bruce Banner himself has disassociative identity disorder, and it just doesn't work out on the MCU because... Well, you know, the Hulk has a lot of other things going on, but if you look at the genesis of that character, you can see, like, what he goes through, what 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 makes him tick from time to time, and how it's, like, not just one Hulk at best. There's, like, multiple Hulks existing within Bruce Banner's psyche, and they're all a part of it from here to there. The psychology around it is just amazing. The only thing that I've seen that got disassociative identity disorder right and the most scary form would be Typhoid Mary's appearance in Iron Fist Season 2. That was a very accurate portrayal of how somebody can have a split personality. Of course, at the same time, you wondered that where these come from, because, see, some people are just so, you know, they're so passive in nature in how they do things, and they try to avoid conflict because conflict doesn't work with them so well. But, you see, when that conflict happens, because conflict's a natural part of life, and they don't know how to, you know, cope and work with it, then they start developing personas to help defend against the one person that's attacking them. You know what I mean? Like people who, you say people who talk to themselves, you think they're crazy, right? Because that's, that's the public opinion of things. Not necessarily. Sometimes when you talk to yourself, unless you answer back, you know, you're clear in your mind of things. You're trying to get a steady focus. Like say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get that. See, that, that's fine. But if you, do, you don't go like this, 
you know, I'm going to take care of that jerk at uh, Section B today because he all doing stuff. No, you shouldn't do that. That's not right. You, you can't go ahead and do that right off. Nah, we're going to handle that today. See, things like that. You start talking in plural like we are Venom, which is another monster movie take because he's pretty much Spider-Man's monster. Yeah, think about it. You think about these things from time to time. They all have ground in places because that's just the way it goes. People's minds are built differently along with the chemical imbalance of things. And if you can't handle a confrontation, if you're mild manner, you just can't handle it. You may end up giving birth to an alternative personality because that alternative personality has probably had enough. And, you know, if you're real passive aggressive, who knows how many voices you have at that point. Like at your core, you might be. But deep down the inside... If something sets off that powder keg that's in you, you might do something that you probably didn't think you were capable of doing in a negative way. And I'm not giving you all a chance to do that kind of stuff. I'm not saying, yeah, you should go take revenge anytime you see. But you got to be assertive of how far the human mind will go. And how far, like, indignation and all those feelings that you got on the inside will manifest if you're not careful and assertive and controlling of it. And then sometimes you got to be looking at the person that might be a superior to you in terms of company talk might be superior to you and just say, you know what? You're a giant a-hole and I'm not taking the scrap anymore. Now, if you ever do that kind of stuff, I want you to know, make sure you have, in terms of my good friend from the, you know, Rantyville podcast, the Ranty Bastard, make sure you have your escape pod ready before you do any of that kind of stuff. Like, there are ways to go ahead and just gain and do what you got to do without being a monster. Like, try to do it that way. Because, you know, it's just, nowadays, they just try to go after everybody, and they just try to start stuff. But that's what happens. Like, you know, different psyches and disassociative identity disorder. A lot of people don't ask to become monsters. It's just when they become victim of circumstances, their life is not fair to them. Or like when they're trying to date somebody and at the same time, see on the other side of the spectrum, like say like you're trying to date somebody and they think, oh, you're not good enough to date them. You know, it's, it hurts. It's not a good feeling at all. Matter of fact, we make light of it through comedy and everything else. And comedy is like the best therapy there along with, among other things. But you look at it from time to time and you say, you know, it's it's really not cool that this person's going through this. And if somebody can't handle embarrassment and humiliation, you might want to watch your back. Because they're going to find a way to come after you on this level. And it sucks for them. But as soon as they get that revenge on you, they, they ain't worried about it no more. Or they feel as though they have nothing to lose because ain't nobody going to be there to care for them. Yeah. It's a lot more realer than you think. And it's tragic. And as I said before, you know... Tragic monsters, they need the most love. They really do. And the thing about it is is that if you see somebody that's completely hardened because that's the way that life made them, you know, like at the same time, a little act of kindness isn't going to hurt you. Because they might need that. They don't need to be mocked and ridiculed all the time. They might need that little act of kindness. That's like, because, you know, like read them. Really get to know what's going on. And then maybe, maybe you got an ally there for a little bit. But if you don't and you keep doing the same old thing and then all of a sudden your life becomes a horror movie because, I mean, like the point of where it was Justin Bateman's movie, The GIF, which, by the way, was a good movie. Yeah, I, I highly recommend those of you out there that love the psychological horror, check into it. 
because it will astound you. Because, you know, he was he was such a nasty jerk. It was like, you know, sure, Gordo had his problems. And, you know, he, he was kind of a, you know, social recluse or a social nobody or whatever. Whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, I'd appreciate him a lot more than I would appreciate Bateman's character in that movie. Because he was just, he was just nasty. It was like you couldn't feel for him. Like Joshua Jackson from Shudder. You know, you can't appreciate him either. Like, he was awful for what he did to that poor Japanese woman. Now, granted, you'll probably say that, oh, Jay, the Japanese woman stalked him still at the same time. I mean, if that's the case, then you're going to have to find a way to, you know, to convey the point that, hey, it's not going to work out between me and you. We're not going to have this. And then the guy had the nerve to have two other people. And it's always usually people in three that do this stuff to try to gain some sort of revenge against her and just besmirch her and kill her off and all that crazy stuff. I don't think they intended to kill her off, but what had happened was, you know, sometimes the best intention you got doesn't go out the way you plan it to. And see, she unfortunately died. But she ended up haunting his behind, making him lose everything, credibility, and left him brain dead inside of a ward for at the end of the movie. And I thought that was just so, that, that was just poetic justice. Because even if the girl couldn't really understand what was going on in time to time, the guy could have got up and left. He could have said, you know what? I got to move on from this. I got to get out. I'm out. Peace. And you see, when it comes to stalking and things like that, which is something else we'll look into in another episode, stalking is hard hard to define from time to time, especially when you got gender barriers and you have just... Basically, he said, she said, or he said, he said, or she said, she said, because, you know, varying stories of varying degrees happen when it comes to this scenario. And it's all walks of life out there. So it's tough, but, you know, if you think that every day of your life is a horror story and you're just being light about it, you're saying, oh, yeah, it's just a little horror story here or there. <laughs> Oh, man, you have not gone through anything yet. Not entirely. Because at best, there are some lessons to learn from those scenarios. you got to learn it. Otherwise, you know, poetic justice comes. But, you know, I kind of rambled on long enough about this topic. I mean, after all, we're getting closer to 40, 40 minutes. But, um... I just wanted to go ahead and start off the Monster Fest with a good bang by giving you guys the bare bone and the structure about how, where all this stuff comes from. And you can see that it's very real, and I'm sure a lot of you are going through or going through similar scenarios like this. Now, the resolution of how it all goes down all depends on you, but the thing about it is, is this. Don't be too surprised if it's something that you've seen before or you kind of have that potential or that tendency to go towards because... We as human beings, we're very flawed and fractured kind of people. So that's just the way it goes down. But that ends episode 72 for you all. And while we're at it, you know, go ahead and get some candy for next week because we're going to look into the stalking side of the Monster Fest. And I'm going to talk about two other films that play into this role. And then we're going to go ahead and make the show a lot more creepier as we go. (laughs) But until then... This is Jay signing off, so I want you all to take it easy, and I'll catch you later.